honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be a business owner and we're going to make us rich. It's just not possible yeah. in the real world. It's, it's just financially not. How can I turn this problem into something propels me to better things? At the time, I was so frustrated by it all. I was sitting there on my computer doing real estate classes and trying to understand how to transition to this new lifestyle that wasn't necessarily all about my physical labor, getting it all done. And I was so frustrated by it. By now looking backwards... I realize I didn't waste that time. And that was, even though sometimes we're frustrated with the way things are going right now, by continuing to take the next step forward in your journey, you're actually on that mission to not be salary capped like I originally wanted to do. But the minute you quit taking steps forward, you're immediately placing yourself back under that, that shelter of being stuck. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, don't forget like, subscribe, leave five stars. Um, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, leave me a, a review, a real quick review, nothing crazy. Um, you know, hey, I saw JW on the podcast today. I really want to buy a ranch from him. How do I move forward? Something. Something like that. That'd be nice. Um, or, you know, your hat looks dumb. You can put that too. I don't care. Uh, so um, at the end of the podcast, if what JW says resonates with you, if, if, if you're like, dude, I want to keep talking to this guy at the end of the podcast, he's going to give you a way where you can get in contact with him, you know, social media handles, email, something like that. Um, that way you guys can keep the conversation going. Uh, otherwise, guys, uh, JW Robinson, let me give you a quick uh, review real quick here. He's in Cody, Wyoming, which is the big city in Wyoming compared to compared to all the other cities out there. That's one of the bigger towns. Um, he's a, a, a ranch broker. So kind of what I do is I sell you know properties, vacant land. Um, JW is kind of the same thing, just at a much higher dollar level. So bigger properties, nicer stuff. Um, does that sound about right, Joe? Yeah, you're on the you're on the right track. OK. Cool. So yeah, give us a little background about you, like who you are, um, where you're from, and uh, kind of what got you to the point right now. All right. So J.W. Robinson, I'm up here in Cody, Wyoming, and uh, I was actually born down in your neck of the woods in Denver, Colorado, but uh, been in Cody, Wyoming for 23 years and uh, all over the state of Wyoming and other Rocky Mountain Western states. But um, we have... Uh, we have a small ranch out here in Wyoming where we raise uh, grass and alfalfa hay. We raise our own beef, feed my family, sell a few of them. We got horses. Uh, we go into the back country of Yellowstone National Park and the surrounding areas, fly fishing and goofing off with my three kids. I have a son, Tucker, and my daughters, Tristan and Taryn. And then my wife and I have been married for 17 years. So we are heavily involved in real estate. Uh, We have a few business development projects that we are involved in that are ours as well. And yeah, we keep a full schedule between the kids, our business and our just normal everyday life. So that's us. That's awesome. So what got you into this though? Like, did you, were you going to college for ranch development? Um, You know, did you have uh, family members, friends that are like, hey, here's what you should do. I mean, nobody goes into that. 
Right, right. So I I actually have an education background coming out of college, but I always loved the mountains, the ranch, uh, ranch atmosphere, really the hunting, fishing, outfitting type background. There's a lot of that up here because of the proximity to Yellowstone National Park. We're like one of the largest wilderness areas. We are the largest wilderness area if you exclude Alaska wow. in the United States. So you know, I love that stuff, the fly fishing, the hunting, the backcountry, horseback riding, backpacking, all those different things. So after college, it's like, what do you do? You know, do you go get a job as a school teacher or what are you going to do? And I, I kind of always felt like we push 18 year olds to make a decision to go off to college and they, they really don't have a clue, a lot of them yet, what they're wanting to do or who they're wanting to be. So when I got all said and done with it, I kind of launched out into this ranch, this ranch world, and I became a ranch manager for really good friends of mine now. But at the time, I was 26-year-old young man. I didn't know anything. And I became a ranch manager on a ranch outside of Cody called the Hawkeye Ranch. Uh, and, and we stayed there eight years. We had a staff of, you know, 10 people every summer. Some summers we even had as many as 20 we learned management. We learned leadership. Uh, we were young. My wife and I were married, had no kids. Uh, and we gave trips into the wilderness. We did, you know, dinners at the ranch with private chefs. And we took care of people in every way, as well as learn to manage the agricultural side of the ranch. So it was really like a resort recreational guest ranch. But it also had an element of horses, cattle, hay production, that kind of stuff. And so we really learned both sides, which then later on, um, as we got older, we moved closer to town because we eventually had kids and the kids were involved in sports. My son's heavily involved in hockey nice. and uh, my daughter's involved in basketball and living out at the ranch was super complicated for us, traveling to all these practices and doing it. So we... We moved into town. We bought our own small, small ranch. We do a lot of the same things personally, but the, but now we're just like a 10 minute drive from town instead of an hour drive from town. So the interesting part is though, all that knowledge I gained in my twenties working with wealthy, wealthy clients that would come in the ranch as guests. Um, and we also did all the agricultural backside to it all kind of launched me into a knowledge base I had about these ranches and the land, those sorts of land assets are being sold to people that can afford them, obviously, which mm -hmm. is the wealthy, right? People that have some amount of money. So as we moved to town, we kind of transitioned um, into real estate and the local real estate world served us well. We had a lot of contacts and networks and and we got some commercial deals, some residential deals and farm and ranch deals. And eventually we kind of made a shift to where we're at now, where we're exclusively working with the, the you know, ag real estate, recreational ranch properties, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So now real quick, um, I, the ability to transition is super important, right? From different parts of your life. To the next, the next part. Now you said you were working in this in in this ranch, the Hawkeye Ranch, learning all the details, all the all the the ins and outs of a business. But it's totally different, actually going out and starting your own thing, right? 
I mean, sure. night and day working for somebody and having, you know, maybe learning from somebody and now saying, all right, go do your own. Now, I mean, where do I go? Do I work for my house? Do I need an office? What, you know, so what did that first deal look like for, for you guys when, when you first jumped out? Huh. That's a, that's a great observation. Great question. But so I left there and I, my wife and I have talked about this for years, but I kind of blamed it on my kids a minute ago. Like I needed to move closer to town for their sports and their life and everything else. But the reality is at the ranch, we were feeling a little bit salary capped is what we call it. In other words, like we're always going to be right here doing this thing and we can't really expand to earn more, be more, do more like we ultimately have a desire to do. And we call it, we called it being salary capped. Right. And so we really wanted to leave the ranch world and launch out on our own entrepreneurship, business, you know, sales where, where you can, where your income then is based on the efforts you put in and the results and value you give to others in order to produce more. So that's what we're going to do. And I mean, I launch off and I start the first place I buy, I build my own house. I build a, I build a huge horseback riding arena on a alfalfa hay farm. And I start a horse training business, a giving clients lessons, training outside horses, training and selling horses, because this is what I know. This is what I'm good at. But I had zero understanding of business and I had zero understanding of what it really took to make this stuff work. Right. And I did a really good job for a lot of clients, but the business side of it was just a learning curve of going to debt, sell stuff and pay your way back out of debt. Yeah. Uh, spend more money to try to acquire more clients. When do we hire our first guy to help us so we can have more clients yet? And I just was unprepared for what business was really going to be like. Right. Yeah. And along the way I added the real estate sales to it when I was going to sell that horse ranch that I had built myself. I finally was like, all right, I'm, I'm gaining some traction. I'm learning some things, but I'm, again, I'm salary capped at this horse ranch yeah. as to what my back can produce. Right. And what I'm capable of doing. And so I'm still thinking bigger. I'm still growing. I'm still trying to develop. And I'm thinking, where do, where do we go next? What do we do? So I put the horse ranch up for sale and I had a real estate friend of mine that was going to list the property for us. And he listed it for a while. And I kept scratching my head about the commissions. I was like, this dude's going to make as much money as I'm going to make <laughs> 10 months of breaking my back over here, yeah. you know? And so I kind of, I kind of was like, you know, that's interesting. I wonder, I could sell real estate and I understand property. I grew up building spec homes with my dad. So okay. I understood residential spec home building. I understood uh, commercial rentals, having rented a few places. And I understood the farm and ranch side, side of things. So I started transition thinking about it. And one day I blew out my L4 uh, disc and I ended up having to have back surgery. And so they told me not to ride the horses, not to do the farm work and not to be involved in the physical labor for six weeks. And I go, what, what do I do next? Right. Mm -hmm. So while I'm sitting on the couch and the horses are just eating, eating my money. Right. 
I'm going, what do I do next? And so I said, I know what I'm going to do next. I'm going to take this six weeks and become a real estate agent. And that's when I, that's when I added real estate to our entrepreneurial journey, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. That's super, super interesting. So instead of, so you had a job, you're basically working at this ranch. Now, while you had that job, you started building this business, right? You started doing the horse, the, the horse ranch, you know, you started putting things together that were outside of that day job. Um, I think that's really important too, because I think a lot of people want to quit their day job and just build a business, right? They just yeah. want to start. Um, but that's not, that's not smart, especially when you're, hey, you have a family, you're married, you got, you have the responsibilities, you know, you can't just, honey, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to be a business owner and we're, I'm going to make us rich, you know? Yeah. It's just not possible yeah in the real world. It's, it's just financially not. Um, so while you had this job, you were working on something and then you get injured, can't do the job. So you still make use of that time to build something else that's going to project, that's going to move you forward. Um, that's super interesting too. Like no wasted time. How many people would have said, do my back's hurt, man. I can't work. Just live on. We'll do some unemployment. You know, we'll do that for the next couple of years. Then I'll, when I heal, I'll just go back to work in there, right? right? You were thinking something different. You're like, well, how can I make this? How can I turn this problem into something that propels me to better things, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, and I, I think one of the important lessons for me, <clears throat> I've taken away from that now, that was, you know, that was, oh, nearing 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But one of the lessons that I took away from it was, at the time, I was so frustrated by it all. I was sitting there on my computer doing real estate classes and trying to understand how to transition to this new lifestyle that wasn't necessarily all about my physical labor, getting it all done. Yeah. And I was so frustrated by it. By now, looking backwards, I realized I didn't waste that time. And that was, even though sometimes we're frustrated, with the way things are going right now, by continuing to take the next step forward in your journey, you're actually on that mission to not be salary capped, like yeah. I originally wanted to do. Yeah. But the minute you quit taking steps forward, you're immediately placing yourself back under that, that shelter of being, you know, stuck. Sure, sure. And I think speed is important too. You know, not wasting time, really moving quickly when when you see an opportunity, get it, you know, don't right. waste, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, I'd missed many opportunities, don't get me wrong, that's why I'm saying speed is important, uh, we were talking about a house in in Florida, I was going to buy, and um, this was five, four years ago, something like that, and it was like a $200,000 house, right, and I was like, nah, I, I, I saw these for sale, you know, 180 last year, I'll, I'll give you 180, and they're like, no, you know, we're going to, We'll, we'll pass. The next year they doubled. Each one of these houses was four hundred thousand oh, yeah. dollars. Totally missed my chance. I could have just easily taken it, but no, I had to. I had to be the smart guy and, and move super slow. So speed. Take advantage of opportunities when they're there because they may not be there tomorrow. You know those yeah, that that real estate deal. More. Yeah, you got to take advantage of of every opportunity you're given, or you're not gonna. It may not be there tomorrow. Um, I think your wife will be pretty happy when you're making money instead of thinking about what could have happened. Like my <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think about, uh, 
taking advantage of those opportunities quickly, you're you're gonna miss some of the opportunities. You're gonna drag your feet, sure. or maybe you're not gonna quite be smart enough. So yeah. you're hesitant or you're wondering what your risk is. And some of those things are okay, but you still have to learn how to make that fast action in order to have some opportunities. And if you don't, you're going to end up always on the backside of the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but don't beat yourself up too bad. Cause I think everybody that's on the journey, whether it's you, whether it's me or anybody else, we either one of us encounters um, in that entrepreneurial space, you're always going to miss an opportunity along the way. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and there's, there's going to be, assuming you put yourself in position to succeed, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Some will be, I mean, what's the Bible verse, you know, some were planted on fertile ground, some were planted in rocks, some were planted on unfertile ground, right? So you're going to have all these opportunities coming to you. Some are going to be good and they're going to work out. Some are going to look great and they won't work out. Some, the other party will not want it to, to work out, right? But if you put yourself in position to, 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 to be a part of all these opportunities, the right ones will work out. Yeah, I like that. You know, it's also cool because we both sell dirt. Yeah. It's kind of a it's kind of an interesting old Bible passage related. Absolutely. To I know yeah. it works out great. It just seems to work out. Yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So, okay. So that was the starting point. You've moved significantly past that point. Like in the past 10 years, you're, you're selling, I mean, we're talking big ranches, very expensive ranches, right? Very wealthy people. How does that look today? Well, so along the way, I had the opportunity to shift and go to work with Faye Ranches out of Bozeman, Montana. And Faye Ranches has been around for 30 years. Um, originally Faye, uh, Faye Fly Fishing Properties was the original name of the company. And as they grew and developed and expanded, they realized it wasn't just fly fishing properties in, in Montana. It was ag properties all over the West. It was recreational real estate in the Rocky Mountains. And it was farms and ranches that produce cattle, hay, you know, crops, and so they've expanded and now they they have that name of just Fay Ranches. And we have brokers all over the United States, um, not just in Wyoming. Wyoming just happens to be my territory. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, going to work with Fay Ranches for me was all about getting a bigger bat to swing, to have these conversations with those high dollar properties. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started in real estate, I was with a small hometown company, DBW, and my wife actually still works for them. And she's in that residential space. So we're still in a good working relationship with the company that I originally started with. And so any of those leads that we get from our personal local network, she can handle those leads now through that same company. But I took a step towards Faye just so that when I went to talk to somebody with a $10 million ranch, or a $20 million ranch, or even a $3 million log cabin on, on 10 acres, that I had the correct marketing platform to help them sell that property. Yeah. So we talked about this before. Now, you've worked with some pretty, pretty famous people, right? And I know one of them. Now, I think this is super cool. And I think everybody else would think this is pretty cool, too. Like, like, 
Give us one example of a famous person that you have worked with uh, sure. and, and gotten them a wrench. Sure. So I I worked with Kanye West when he was at Cody, Wyoming. Um, and I, I helped him out there on their ranch a little bit along the way while they owned it. And then when he decided to leave the area, they hired me as a real estate agent. And I helped them sell some local properties that they owned and had their ranch listings. And so some of that property sold and some of it didn't. And so then from that is when I really started saying, hey, I, I managed a ranch when I was 26 years old to 32 years old. Um, I had the employees. I understand how the systems work. I understand the ag side of it. I understand the recreational guest ranch side of it, the outfitting businesses that people run out of ranches. I've worked with the wealthy clients at that ranch I managed and, and those wealthy clients I met back in those days when I was managing that ranch, I always could visit with them, communicate with them. I could help them with their customer service. You could call it on the ranch as well as befriend them at cocktail hour and try to learn from them. Like, yeah. Hey, how did you grow your business? How did you become successful and a lot of these people became my friends but it really inspired me that I'm capable of doing more yeah. they respected my talents and my value that I added clear back there at that ranch and so you know that that was Mitch Rouse uh he he was the owner of the ranch back then and Mitch Rouse uh had a company called Super Shuttle that he sold and then he also uh, owned some yellow cab taxi businesses in Southern California. And Mitch Rouse and I are great friends even to this day. And a lot of his family members I'm friends with even after I left the ranch. But those people really inspired me in so many ways that I can deal with this clientele. I can help them with the most significant asset purchase, you know, out there in land real estate sales. These yeah. are the highest dollar properties on the market, a lot of them. Wow. So this is interesting then. So you took all the skills that you had developed that really weren't producing significant income and you combined it with the ability to talk to people who could bring you significant income. Um, that part right there though, I feel like would be, I guess the, um, the roadblock for most people, right? I, I can't talk to guys like Kanye West or other big dollar guys. They're going to think I'm stupid, right? This is a, 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 a it's, it's a thought in a lot of people's minds, right? They're not quite the level of, of these, these high dollar, very successful people. How, why are you different? What, what made you able to do that? Um, well, so having rubbed shoulders with a lot of them over the last 15 plus years, I feel like they're just they're just people. People are people no matter where you go. There's mm -hmm. good people, there's bad people, there's successful people, there's unsuccessful people. For me, it's a lot more about like um it's an, an analysis thing for me. Like, what do they do that makes them successful? What habits, what routines, uh, you know, what creativity do they bring to the process? And and just taking those three examples, like creativity, you know, being around people that are ultra creative, I have to say they're not afraid to fail. Yeah. That, you know, 
they come up with these creative ideas and not all of them work, but they wake up tomorrow morning and they come up with another creative idea. Yeah. Right. And then, and then another guy rubbing shoulders with, you know, this guy's just ultra hyper disciplined and with his systems and he wakes up and no matter what he's going to do his system that has helped him become successful. And so people are people, no matter where you go, I think it's more learning some of their habits that have helped them overcome it and then applying those to yourself. So for me, it was like, as I've met some of these people, I try to take some of what they've, what they've done to become successful and apply it into some of my own, my own things, whether it be real estate sales or other things my wife and I have going on. Yeah. I think that's a super interesting way though, to approach talking to someone like that. It's not, you're not necessarily in awe of the the product that they have achieved, right? You're right. more interested in the steps they took and the daily processes they have to get to that point, right? I think a lot of people are so enamored by that aura of a famous person, right? They're like, they their first thought is, can I get a picture with that person? Yeah. Can I get their autograph, right? You know, um, that's their first thought versus okay, I see this person, they're a human being, they're breathing, they eat food, they uh, they do everything that every other person does, you know, but they've obviously achieved a level of success. All right, cool. Hi, my name is PJ. How's it going? You know, like, uh, I can talk to you like a regular person and then start working in like, okay, cool. You got to here. How did you get to that point? Like, I think that's a that's a big difference between you and most people that, that would have been you know, just kind of uh, blown away by who they were, right? Not even even afraid to talk to them. Yeah, like like we bought some land on the river here in Cody, Wyoming that we're, we're attempting to turn into an RV park. Okay. But I use I use like that little simple development and that's not going to become some multi, multi-million dollar business. It's just going to be a steady like little cash flow real estate yeah. business, right, for me. But- I use a simple thing like that as an opportunity to discuss things with these guys like, hey, I'm not building a cab company, right? Yeah. But I am building this little RV park. What are, you know, what are some steps you took in building out your infrastructure that might be beneficial to this? And you can take even a small thing and learn a lot about it by listening to what they have to say about their big thing, yeah. right? And you don't have to think that you're going to make the jump from the small time guy to this huge famous individual or this massively important businessman. It's more about the small steps necessary to accomplish your next project that's in front of you. So what are some of the things that, what are the, some of the things you picked up from some of these guys that you were able to incorporate into your business uh, that made it what it is right now? So I think the net networking, you know, is such an important thing. This is like how you and I met. Yeah. If, if you weren't active Arte. Out there, Arte, right. If you weren't, I got my Arte coins up here. Oh, nice. Uh, there you go. Yeah, They're up on my little board. There, That's but, awesome. Um, if, if you weren't actively out there networking, um, you and I would have never met even if I wasn't actively networking. And so then you know people we were talking before we started the show that might be beneficial to me mm -hmm. 
and I know some people that might be beneficial to you. And so, boom, we now have a a connection and opportunity to refer things to each other, as well as also just add value to each other personally to do and be better. And so I think your network becomes so vitally important in real estate in all, all walks of life, but in real estate, we like to call it our, our sphere of influence. Right. And uh, I mean, by expanding that sphere of influence and adding people that are better than you mm-hmm. versus just adding people that are at your level or less, which is sometimes, you know, like you go back to your old, I do this with my kids and their sports, right? They want to, they want to guard the player that's equal to them or less than them. And I'm yeah. like, no, you want to guard the five players that are better than you. And they're going to make your game, you know, elevate to their level. Absolutely. And so I think, I think we lose that our old high school basketball coaches or hockey coaches used to teach us that somewhere in life though, we kind of put it on a shelf like, well, I don't play sports anymore, but I want to add people into my network or my sphere of influence that make me rise to a, a new level. Like I, I talked to you earlier, like one of my goals with Arate was to talk to a different Arte guy, one per week for the whole year. That's 52 phone calls. And all 52 people I'm trying to book a call with are people that I feel like are doing something that would that I would like to do and I could learn from them, right? Yeah. So I think it's just adding people into that network. And all of those guys I've met through the years on the guest ranches, in the mountains, hunting and fishing with them, they're always building a network that can help them level up. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. When I first started, I didn't realize how important that was. You know, I, I you just don't think about um, those types of things. You think I'm going to make something and sell it, or I'm going to do a business and and do it. You don't realize how important it is to um, when you're networking, uh, you don't realize how important that is in your business. And, and a lot of people too, especially early on, they think, I'm not going to talk to that guy. He can't really help me. You know, I, how much money am I going to get from that guy? Right. You know, a right. lot of people think that when they first start, it's like, uh, what can I get from that person? Sure. Don't think like that. If you immediately come into it thinking, what can I give this person? You know, what can I offer somebody else? Kind of like, I mean, even if you have no skills at all, you're brand new at life. Maybe it's your energy. Maybe you can talk to somebody and be like, you know, and ask them questions, right? And that is your way of giving them value. You're asking them questions. You're making them feel important, right? That's a great yeah, way to by, do it. By giving them respect, right? Absolutely. Hey, respect you have what no you've real done skills. Yep. Absolutely. And you, you can learn. provide something to them. And then, and, and now this person's part of your network, you know, and now this person that would never have been part of your network before is now part of it, Right. So there's yeah. all these little things you you can do as as well to uh, to give value and and to gain value from other people. Absolutely. Um, so uh, at this point right now, what does what does your business look like? How many employees are we talking? Um, and, and and are you just Wyoming? Are you 100% Wyoming? Yeah. So there's uh, four of us in the state of Wyoming, and we run all over the place. Um, I'm looking to expand a little bit and get some broker licenses in other states, uh, but have not done that yet. But we'll tr- we have to travel a lot to cover the state of Wyoming. So, you know, like uh, winter's been a little slow. 
the real estate market shifted from this humongous boom of uh, inflation and people moving all around the United States from COVID. And it shifted a little bit with the rising interest rates and things. And, and everything got really quiet over Christmas, the start of the new year. But here in March, it's it's just taken off again. Um, and we're seeing a lot of action. We've got a lot of new listings coming up. We've kind of sold a lot of properties in Wyoming in 2021, 2022. And now, now here we are in 2023 sitting on low inventory, but we do have a lot of new listings. We're waiting for snow to melt and we're waiting for winter to get done so we can take pictures of properties while the grass is green, man. You don't want to just take pictures oh, of snow. Yeah, I mean, I can, <laughs> it, it's one thing if they had a ski resort in their backyard, maybe I'd take the winter pictures, but it's always better to market their property when the yeah. grass gets growing, growing greens. So Absolutely. I've we, gone we through some good things coming up in the next month, month and a half. So, okay. Okay. So, and then as far as, far as our company, like the main office is in Bozeman mm -hmm. um, where we have a fantastic staff up there running the office um, and Montana, the Montana crew is outstanding. That's where the leadership comes, comes from the owner of the company, Greg Fay. And we just came off of our education summit that we had in Tucson, Arizona. We had a great time of camaraderie with all the, all the different people from around the United States. We did a lot of education work, uh, studying all the various different things going on in the market, whether it's economy, uh, just general real estate knowledge. We had tax guys there teaching us more about 1031 tax exchanges. We had title companies there you know, helping us become better brokers. So we just came off some big education. And I think one thing to point out, since we're talking about the company, Faye Ranches, is they kind of started a, a new brand underneath the brand Faye Ranches called The Land Investor. And okay. they got the Land like Investor that podcast that's coming out soon. They're right. booking some episodes right now, kind of banking some episodes before they start. And it's going to be fan. It's going to be a fantastic uh, podcast. It's going to be based out of our office in Bozeman. You'll probably see me hop on there once That's in a while. Awesome. Uh, but the Land Investor podcast is going to be fantastic. You know, they started the Land Investor Instagram page, and all the agents are writing articles that are educational pieces. Yeah. So that. Um, we can add value back to our clients, not just like salesmen, but industry experts, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so Faye Ranches has been doing this for years with a magazine that ships out to around 80,000 people, uh, qualified type buyers that buy these types of properties. And the magazine was called The Land Investor. And so we would have, or Greg Faye would have brokers write articles about various topics from hunting and fishing to, you know, tax exchanges to where's the economy and real estate market headed, like yeah. just current event type articles. And then we would have the whole back half of the magazine would be full of all the properties that we have listed for sale. And so the land investor magazine has been around, I think eight, there's eight volumes of it. It's produced annually. And I guess in the current, um, world that we lived in they shifted to the land investor instagram page and the yeah. land investor podcast yeah. just like triple down on that brand the land investor 
and really show people who we are and what we stand for. We have superior marketing and we have expert knowledge with the brokers that are involved. And then we also are relevant. We're current. We're we're ready to play this game into the future and be and be a major player in the ranch real estate world uh, yeah. for many years to come. That's awesome. So, I mean, I, I buy and sell land. So there's probably other land investors listening to this, right? And they're sure. they're thinking, okay, well, I have land. I want to. I want these guys to to be my broker. What what dollar range, size range? Like, what are the specs that you look for when you're looking to market a property? Okay. Um, so our minimum amount we would we would list a property for is $750,000. Okay. That's the minimum amount. Now, most of our properties come in above that dollar amount. So uh, I've got some listings coming up here in Wyoming that are like three and $4 million that aren't working ranches or resort style stuff. They're just beautiful homes on you know, mountain properties on some live water with maybe 30 to 40 acres or a okay. hundred acres. And, and they're just, you know, four or 5,000 square foot custom homes that are going to, uh, they're, they're going to be beautiful. And we partner with a lot of different companies, but we'll partner with luxury, you know, luxury real estate, uh, Barron's, uh, Mansion Global for a lot of those types of properties to really pump them out to the type of people that are looking for that kind of real estate. Now, then we go even a step further and we sell, you know, agricultural properties that are working production facilities, uh, ranches that can handle three, four, five, six hundred head of cattle, okay. uh, hay farms that, you know, have seven pivots on them and produce, you know, thousands of tons of alfalfa every year. So, we really have a, a large variety there up to, you know, ranches that are significant. Uh, what would I call them? Like a masterpiece of the American Rocky Mountains, yeah. where they're large acreages in the most beautiful settings you can imagine. And some of those ranches at Fay will even sell for 20 to 40, 50 million dollars. times wow. when when someone's ready to let those those go a lot of times. Those are held in families for many yeah. generations too. So, yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. It's a, it's a lot of families up there will will keep the property and give it to, I mean, their kids and their grandkids because honestly, the property is worth a lot and it's still producing something as well. Sure. So they try to keep it in as much as they can, especially in that north western northwestern part of of the state. Uh, they don't like to get rid of those properties uh, too easily, anyway. Yeah, we got, and we have a bunch of guys down in Colorado that are, you know, hitting a home run down in Colorado, but it's the same way in Colorado. They're, mm -hmm. you know, you, you find them, but there, there's, there's a lot of people just want to hold them right now because once you let them go, it's very difficult to get one back. Yeah. That, that can compare to it. Are, so on, in my land world, I see people selling. I mean, it's people are selling like a, it's a selling frenzy right now. And like we talked about earlier, I think people are afraid. You know, that's fear is the biggest is the best thing when you're trying to buy large amounts of real estate like I am, because people are afraid. You know, they're like, they watch the news. They see all these things. Oh, no, the world's going to fall apart. You don't have you know your, your values, your property is going to go down. You're saying you're not seeing any of that. You're still seeing people holding strong. Um. 
Yeah, but I mean, we're still seeing we're seeing places sold, but you know, people sell for a variety of reasons, not necessarily just fear. Mm-hmm. Fear could be a reason, but a lot of people, you know, in our world, a lot of people will buy a significant land asset because it's a really good place to invest money. And that's why, you know, we kind of we kind of are dealing with a, a a two-sided thing. One is it's a very smart land investment. And yeah. on the other side, it's enjoyable. It's a it's a yeah. fun thing to go fire up the four wheelers with your grandkids and drive down and fish the creek, you know. Yeah. And so you have this, you have people with money, whether it be in the stock market or maybe they sell a business uh, somewhere in their what do, what do we do with the money? Well, maybe the stock market's a little bit rocky right now. It's unstable. It's unknown where this economy's headed. And honestly, land investment's never a bad option, yeah. you know, for a long-term hold. And so, completely agree. so we're, we're still seeing a lot of buyers that are interested in land investments. And then, you know, the timing of when a seller is going to get rid of that land investment is really based on their family situation, their age, sometimes it's their finances, you know, it just depends. But, you know, so the sell side is a little bit different than the buy side, for sure. Yeah. 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 I can see that definitely. Um, it's, it's, it, for, for me, it's, um, I've noticed it's more difficult to sell um, uh, properties or for, for me to sell properties uh, than it is to buy. It's right now, today, it's been very easy to buy. And it's been a little bit more difficult to sell a property. Um, I don't know. Just thinking it might be, it's got to be due to something going on out there. Uh, sure. That that listing, you know, that listing inventory in all sectors, residential, commercial, farm, ranch, all of it's, you know, the inventory is low all the way across mm-hmm. the country, which is what's keeping prices driven up high because there's just not a lot of options right now yeah. on, the, on the sell side of it. So, Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's say I want to get in contact with you and I want to be, I want to do business with you. I, that's what I want to do. How do I contact you? So you can, you can find me in my bio at fayranches.com, JW Robinson. Um, you can get a hold of me if you want to just call me up. I don't mind. 307-899-5403. I'm on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me, J.W. Robinson and Faye Ranches right there. And um, I'm happy to, you know, I'm happy to uh, reach out, talk to anybody about land investments anytime, no matter the size of them, really. Nice. So it's a, I, I actually absolutely love talking land. So it's it's never a burden for me to do it. Yeah, you're the guy in Wyoming, man. So let's say, um, are, are you able to, I guess, go and, personally show people properties is that are you doing that all the time like driving out to all these different places in the state i i do show a lot of properties yeah and i it's actually one of my favorite parts of my job because i get to step foot on the some of the most beautiful properties in the in the country as well as uh you know just massive pieces of land uh you get to drive around a side by side you know and talk talk with the landowner about all the various intricacies of the property and there's gobs of wildlife on a lot of these ranches so yeah i absolutely love showing property to people it it's uh you know it's something as a team that we help each other out with if if there's a buyer i have wants to sh- see something on the other side of the state 
obviously you pick up the phone and call Kelsey or Neil or somebody that's a little closer and let them help you out on that to cut down on everybody's drive times. Yeah. But I absolutely love going to show property. That's awesome. And, and if you're buying land, there is nothing like standing on your own piece of land. Oh, it feels uh, great. It's, it's, I, can't, I don't know how to describe it because we get buying a house. Don't get me wrong. Everybody likes moving into a new house. It's got, it looks great. It's this new house you've always wanted. But when you step on land, it's so much different. I, I can't put my finger on why it's different, but there's never been a time where I've walked into a new property that I bought that I haven't been like, I love this. This is, I mean, every property I can convince myself that I'm going to build a house on. You know what I mean? Even if, it, if it's a quick flip, even if I plan on selling this thing tomorrow, you know, every time I walk around, I'm like, no, this is the one we're keeping. You know, you, you walk around on it. There's, there's trees. There's like, everything has its own um, specific, like unique personality, right? Yeah. It has its own unique personality. Maybe there's some certain type of animals or, you know, certain trees, formations, rocks, something like that. But uh, it, it, there's nothing like it, man. So if you get a chance and you think you might want to get some land, uh, I'd definitely give you a call. Yep. And I got to put in one more plug for Faye since we're talking about them. We also at Faye started the Faye Ranches Community Foundation. Mm -hmm. And our, our big push there is that as real estate agents in rural communities, we want to be agents of change. And a lot of rural communities are dying. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of the youth in rural communities leave and never come back. And these towns suffer, school systems suffer. And it's real, real communities have a hard time still. I mean, it can, uh, there's a project we're working on up in, uh, Oregon, Washington area. I can't quite remember which town it's in, but where they struggle to have good drinking water. You're like, wow. what in the United States of America, the public school system, there is struggling to have good drinking water. And so, you know, they started the Fay Ranches community foundation where we as real estate agents invest back in, you know, from our personal monies and also with clients that we've helped buy ranches and invest back into projects into rural America that primarily emphasize youth and agriculture and various things. And so I, I love it because so much real estate sales and sales agents are considered greedy out in the general public, in the mind of the general public. Yeah. Yeah. But then becoming an agent of change, we got a whole we got a whole brokerage all around the United States that is willing to give our money back to support rural America. So each each agent can grab a project in their local communities, uh, pick up the phone, help fund that project. And so it's not I love the company because it's not all about us yeah. and, and what we're doing but how we can impact rural America and lands of America for the better. Yeah, that's awesome too. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think that's interesting about people think that, you know, brokers, people involved in real estate are greedy. Um, not really sure how that comes out, but, or why, why that's a thing, but it, yeah, it is, knows? you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and whatever, it's not our, it's not our place to be figuring that shit out. I'm more worried about making a change. So, and obviously so are you. So um, that, that's really good to see that you guys are, are actually doing something, uh, that, that helps out of com communities that, that, that couldn't otherwise help themselves. Yeah. Like I partnered with a school teacher here in Powell, Wyoming, who also owns a fly fishing business. Oh, and nice. he, um, 
So he stays after school on his own time and he lets kids sign up for the Powell Wyoming fishing club. And these kids learn how to tie flies. They learn how to build their own fishing pole, you know, how to cast it as sixth graders, as seventh graders, he takes them out on the water and teaches them how to catch a fish with a fly rod as eighth graders. They then are now next year going to help teach the community. Like older people are like, Hey, we want to learn how to build a fly rod. We want to learn how to do this better. So the eighth graders are going to take a leadership role in teaching the community about it. That's awesome. That's the project I sponsored and we've raised money to help them long-term have equipment necessary to keep this program going for many years. Cause it's my belief, you know, these kids leave rural America and let's just say they go work in corporate America in Denver, Colorado, or Dallas, Texas, or Chicago or someplace. If they got hooked on catching a fish in a Rocky mountain fly stream, when they were in middle school, I will promise you, they'll always be coming home to Wyoming and coming back to that rural community. So that's the project I picked and it's absolutely fun to be involved with the kids, the school teacher and the foundation to be an agent of change, man. That's what we got to do. All of us. Absolutely. Agent of change. I love that. That's, that's definitely an Arte uh, philosophy there. You know, the, uh, the, you're, you're around, you're around like-minded people in Arte with that, with that thought though. So that's awesome. Um, so anything we're missing JW, what are we missing? I think, I think we're good to go. I appreciate it, PJ. This has been a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had a good time and, and I, I mean, I really like the, uh, Obviously, I'll come to you if I have Wyoming properties, but um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, I like the agent of change thing at the end there. That was um, that's 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 super helpful, and not a lot of people would even mention that. So that's really cool. Sure, um, sure. Here, here's the final question, though, JW, are you ready for this? I'm I'm ready, man. This is deep. This is high level thinking stuff. Okay, here. give give me give me the biggest question you got of the day. The biggest question, Mensa level question here. If you, JW, could buy land anywhere in the world, we are land life right there. Here's my hat. Yep. If you could buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Okay. Um, So I actually woke up in the middle of the night. You prepped me for this question, man. I got to tell him you prepped me. And I woke up in the middle of the night thinking about it because I look at a lot of real estate. And there are a lot of places I would like to own a piece of property. But lately, I've had my eyeball on Bluefields, Nicaragua. And I have, been looking, I have been looking at a private. So I've this thing came across my news feed or Instagram reels or something. There's a private island down there off of the, off of the city of Bluefields. And I don't know, it's not even that expensive. The house yeah. is a little run down. You got to, you got to have your your local family like hook you up with the boat ride out to the island. Yeah. And uh, it's affordable. It's doable. And I've been dreaming about it for a couple of reasons. Bluefields, Nicaragua isn't infested by tourists yet. So it's peaceful, quiet. It's almost like wilderness. It's almost like Wyoming wilderness to me, just in a different part of the world. Sure. Number two, it has all the aspects of some of the best uh, Gulf of Mexico type fishing but without the tourism industry. And I absolutely love uh, open water sea fishing, deep sea fishing. So I can just envision myself there. And number three, I don't need some fancy big mansion like 
resort walk out onto the beach sort of thing and luxury facility. I could envision myself there with a couple of locals and my son rebuilding the deck, you know, repainting the house. Almost it's almost therapeutic for me. Yeah. Make make the old property look fresh and new. Yeah. And yet still get my fishing, still get my wilderness like away from people. And I that's my place. That's awesome. So have you gone down there? Have you been to this place? What's that? Have you got have you have you do you have a plan to go down there? Um, so I have been planning to go down there. Uh, I found this place this winter and I, it could sell before I get down there. Unless, unless you tell me I need to take some action. So I, I don't think you should take some action. <laughs> yeah. Been, I don't think you should wait. I think if the fact that you just I've been sniffing around about rich dudes from Arte, that this thing exists, you might yeah. want to jump on that now because there might be some, <laughs> I can, I can hold off from, uh, from posting this video. Okay. Okay. I can, if you want. But, so I also think it'd be beneficial for my kids to see some other culture yeah. of how other people have to live besides Americans yeah, and not, not just in that resort style uh, town along the coast, but yeah. more of like, it's kind of, it's a little bit of an unknown little spot down there. So that's what I'm, that was my spot. And I, I'm, yeah, we've been looking hard at it. We've been considering it and yeah there's there's more than just that one out there i mean at once i was looking at a private island i looked at a hundred of them you know right what about yeah. what about wyoming in the summer nicaragua in the winter hey it it could happen it could happen i need to investigate how to sell land in uh northern south america yeah or you just work online sales, from man. your your house in nicaragua and, and we can still work online back in wyoming so uh, my, Dude. my, I think big, so it's on my brain. It's on my mind. So yeah, let's get this thing. At least, uh, at least go down there. Let's say, Hey, um, you know, I want to stay here for, for a week. Is that okay? We're thinking about looking at buying a properties out here. You know, maybe I can rent it as like an Airbnb just for a week. Is that yeah. okay? Dude, oh, yeah. you, man. Punch it, man. That shit's going to be gone in the, the day this thing releases, someone else is going to put it. <laughs> Someone's going on to it. find that place and go buy it absolutely man and and then you're gonna be like dude i, I miss my opportunity just like me with those florida houses that's right all right all right jw thank you so much man i appreciate you yeah appreciate you too pj thank you all right guys till next time i'll see you on land life